things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? You are wired for amazingness. You have a unique something, something that no one else has. Not only were you wired for it, you have to keep growing, refining, and sometimes reinventing it altogether. We hope you like story time because that is what today is all about. Our stories of how God has grown and morphed our its. All of a sudden, you reach a time when you think, wait, what happened? I'm just this invisible kid in the room to... Wow, I'm the oldest person in the room. Why are people looking to me for the answers? So a quick blip version of my gig and how it started with me and how God refined me. I was reading through Experiencing God, the, the study book, um, where there was an area that you, you filled in all the blanks of where do you see God. And as I was, you know, going through page after page after page going, where is he showing up? And they were all blank. Like literally I would turn the next page and they would ask a question and it was like, "Ah, ah, I don't, I don't really know where I see God. (laughs) And then my hubby, Kevin said he wanted to start doing that, that book study with me. And I literally thought, Oh no, he's going to know I'm a fraud. Like I'm, I'm totally an imposter. I, I don't see God anywhere. I'm not <laughs> at all. So I thought I better get some Jesus in my soul. And I went to a Bible city at church, like for the first time ever, you know, you, I, well, you know, you went to Sunday school and you went yeah. to church and then you were involved in the high school, you know, all of that. But now I was an adult and I was going to go to the women's Bible study and I love, 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 love my church. So don't get me wrong, but when I went there, I felt like an outsider. I was, I was bored. No one was laughing. No one thought I was funny and amazing. Well, that's not a shock. That is <laughs> and I, you know, maybe it was just a very intellectual group. Um, but, and I'm far from that, but I had no desire to go back. So I thought I will bring some friends, you know, we are going to liven this place up. And I asked my next door neighbor. I asked my running partner. I asked my girlfriend down the street and here's how they responded. I don't want to go to a Bible study because I don't even know how to look up the verses. I don't even know the books of the Bible. I don't know how to pray. You know, I would be embarrassed that someone would call on me. And I I was just like, whoa, like this isn't Kansas anymore, Toto. You know, not everyone grew up in my little church bubble and, and people don't want to go into the church walls. So I had this epiphany and you know, that moment when you say, I get it, God, like here's a void, here's a big, huge gap, do something about it. And I went back to all my friends and I said, Hey, what if I do a Bible study at my house? I won't ask you to look up scripture. I won't ask you to pray. You know, we'll just go through a devotion. So basically I was, I'm starting a book club, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No reading scripture, no praying. <laughs> no, we're, we're just going to have a fun time. Uh, so 
as I started the book club, it grew and it grew and it grew. And we moved into the park. So that way the moms could bring their, their young children. They would play in the park and we did our own Bible study. But what was so amazing about this, and this is where I truly, I, I just, I become overwhelmed by God because what was happening here is he was preparing me with a gift of girlfriends, a group of loving friends that were going to be there for me, um, not only through life because I still have these friendships, but they embraced me when my mom was murdered. They, they took care of my children. They cleaned my house. We had dinners for six months. Um, when I came home from, from the hospital, my entire yard, my, my mom's favorite color was pink. They had pink chains from everybody in the neighborhood had wrote something on these chains and just like toilet paper chained, you know, my house with it. They just, there was so much love that I, I, I literally was in this state of, of a high through my grieving. I mean, I, I can't even tap into that experience that, that I went through. Uh, but talk about experiencing God. Now those blank pages would be like an entire book on its own. And that's when I realized God had put a calling, a desire on my heart. And, and we all have that. So don't get me wrong. This, I, I hear people talk about their calling and I, I know that there's, there's someone out there going, I, I never had a calling. He didn't give me those desires, but wherever you see a void, wherever you see a gap that it just, it, it hurts your heart almost. That is your calling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Going to that Bible study, if I didn't want to go to the Bible study and I couldn't get people to go with me to the Bible study, that was a huge gap. And I just, I realized, okay, we need to create a different place, a different space where people can experience him. Uh, so after that happened with my mom, my, my pastor at the church, Cal Jernigan, asked me to share my story. And that's when I met Lisa Jernigan, after I shared my story at church, and we literally, she's one of my favorite humans, we became BFFs and birthed Girlfriends Unlimited, because that's when we realized we could create a framework, we called it Changing Hearts, Changing Lives, One Girlfriend at a Time, where we started these fun events and experiences that would kind of be a front porch into the church, mm-hmm. and, and it mm-hmm. exploded. We were highlighted in magazines, including today's Christian Women's Magazine. Uh, they did a cover page, and churches all around the world wanted to be a part of this movement. And we were like, okay, God, you you have our attention. And mm-hmm. uh, people were calling us, and, you know, it's like moving the clothes off the laundry because they wanted us to send them brochures. And I'm, like, putting the computer up going, okay, uh, let's create a brochure here. How about if I just tell you on the phone yeah. what? we do because yeah. we have nothing in print. Mm-hmm. And so we, we birthed this, we built this shy of a decade. We realized we needed to refine it and revent it. Um, there were things that we were doing that we, it was beyond our skill set. We didn't have the capacity and the resources to take it to the next level. And uh, lo and behold, as we were praying, People were coming, Integrity, the company Integrity, Mops, other large organizations started pursuing and grooming us, whining and dining us. We had no idea what was going on. I know. Man, I can't believe it. And, and we and we know you. And, and I let you, I allow you to hang out with me. Well, it's an honor. It's an honor. I, I know. 
And and you guys don't forget that either. Um, <laughs> so as we did this, end result was we sold it to a publishing company, and it was exciting, and it was a bit of a frenzy. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you knew, we were grieving because it was over. It's like it was over, and we had just given birth, and then somebody adopted our child, and they we signed a contract working with the publishing company uh, for the next you know five years, saying. Uh, you guys be the, the vision keeper. You guys be the gatekeepers. But what I didn't realize, it was going to suck my soul because being an entrepreneur was in my veins. And now I was answering to someone who was just an employee <laughs> trying to produce results and bring deliverables to the table. So uh, that kind of deliverables, I, I wasn't passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart of the ministry was now a, a product to be sold. And I, I hadn't really considered it that way. Like it's a book, right? It's just something to sell. And we would do these three-day retreats, were, which were amazing. And I loved, loved, loved all the, all the women and, you know, across the country. Um, but now we were promoting a Bible study or a book. And during our breaks, you know, whatever was on the back table, you had to do this little infomercial. And I remember one time I held up a book and I read it the way that I saw it. And I was like, okay, in the back table, we have a free giveaway and you don't want to miss it. It's how to design your Rindes Voss instead of <laughs> And there's the patty we all know and love. <laughs> and there she is. A Rendez boss. Oh, bless your heart. So, so from then on, every time rendezvous, every time anybody, I was like, oh, you're, you're Rendez boss? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when I was like, you know, Patty, you are, once again, I'm an imposter. I'm a fraud. Like, I don't believe in this. I'm selling something that my heart isn't into. And it, it was just, it was crazy. But, a friend that I had met while I was in prison, which we'll just let that settle. Oh, I cannot wait. Let's to go back to that one. Ma- make a note of that one. Make a note of that. I got it. Yeah. For another time, right? Another time. <laughs> but a big shout out to Jody Wilson. Uh, she called and said, you know what? We would love for you guys to come and join us on an internet radio show. And it, it's funny because now everything's a podcast, but back then it was internet radio. Once again, you have to reinvent yourself, right? And this was a God smile. He gave us a platform for us to still be able to breathe with and into ministry leaders. And that's when Girlfriend It, because we couldn't use Girlfriends Unlimited. We couldn't use that name anymore. Uh, so we created Girlfriend It. It was launched in 2009, and we were ecstatic to be able to share our hearts, hear from women and their struggles, and continue to live our passion in helping women discover their their it, their purpose, you know, and their passion. So that's when God put me down a path of uh, going back into the corporate world, which, once again, a whole nother story, but I couldn't figure that out. It was like, okay, God, why are you refining me and reinventing me? I've been doing ministry now for the last decade, um, and boom, now this is happening. And the podcast was kind of put on the back burner. And when I say podcast, I say that lightly because it went from, like I said, the internet radio to now everybody was turning it into podcasts. And in a, in a blink, it was a decade later, and, and something happened. Like midlife transpired and we needed to re-event who exactly girlfriend it was. And I have to say it, it's one of those things Debbie and I were just talking about that when you're, 
when your nose is up against the wall, all you see is the wall. And then you kind of take a couple steps back and you see a little bit more. And then if you step back and you're all the way across the room, you take in this bigger picture and that's what's been happening. It's like, what is the bigger picture here? We're, Girlfriend It used to be for women in ministry and creating frameworks for, you know, leaders. And now it's like, okay, step back. We are now in our 50s. And I, I don't think I wanted to accept that. No, I don't want to be in my 50s. I, I don't want to. You don't yeah. have to be. You don't have to be. <laughs> so, and so really, Sherry, are you? Are you, you go ahead and stay in your 40s, Sherry. And good. Uh, you know, stepping back and going, okay, how, how are we serving women now? Like, how are we, we breathing into them if we're in midlife and, and we don't like that term, right? right? Uh, and, and Lisa at this time had moved into another ministry called Amplify Peace, which a big shout out to, to her and, Ooh, and there go Lisa. Yes. Um, but I was still very passionate for helping women to find their secret sauce, right? So here I am being bedazzled. I know that's an 80s word, right? Uh, by women like you who challenge me, make me think dip, deeper, and we just, we want to shine for him. And, and that I, brings me to C.S. Lewis quote, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And that's where we are. We're taking girlfriend it, and it used to be like, what is your it? What is your purpose? And we're going, all right, we need to switch gears. And we came up with midlife, midlife moxie because moxie is a determined woman. It's a woman with verve, which we can look that word up as well. It's a great word. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, well, and well, I had to look up the word moxie because I had no idea what it meant. I'm like, what? Is that a dessert? I mean, if it's a dessert, I'm all over it, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it said it says energy, determination, courage, passion, uh, fervor. Uh, it's all the things that you, you know, down in my heart. Okay, here's the truth. In my heart, I'm only 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm 30 years old inside. And so inside, I feel like the same person that I've always been. It's only once in a while when I see like the spots on my hands and my face. And then my skin looks a little saggy and crepey. I go, oh my gosh, no way. You are older. But, but inside, I still have that same drive and passion and zest to grow as a person, to grow in my relationship with the Lord, to have deep friendships with uh, women. And you can't believe, I remember this saying, the days are long, but the years are short. I mean, is that ever true? That's, you can't believe 20 well, not exactly 2020. <laughs> every other, every other year. Yeah. <laughs> every other year. Except this year. Yeah. Now this year's an exception. But yeah, you can't believe how fast life is racing by and I don't want to miss out. And yes, it's a, it's like, you know, admitting that yes, okay, uh, we're in the second half that it's an empty nest. But yeah, I don't want life to pass me by. So how do you stay relevant and stay in the game? Sherry, I know we talked about this before, but literally the, the the moment when you we were all out to lunch and you told that story how you went in for the massage oh. and that woman asked you, "Are you going to be spending time with your grandkids?" Oh. <laughs> we were howling. I mean, howling because I look at you and I go, "Who would say that? Like you don't look like a grandma, and you're not a grandma." Yeah, I was I was just devastated. I'm like. Oh 
my gosh, did she just ask me about my grandchildren? Are you kidding me? How can you even say such a thing? How in the world does that cross your mind? I would never say that to someone. Well, maybe. <laughs> because, you know, I do stick my foot in my mouth, but I was just shocked. I, I couldn't believe it. Or sometimes, you know, I'm in the room with someone that go, and here's, and we have a group of young moms over here at this table, and the older moms, would you, would you go over there? And I'm thinking, well, yes, of course I'm a young mom, but all of a sudden they're looking at me. They know I'm the older mom. <laughs> no way. I can't be the older mom. You. Yeah, it's just, it's shocking. Yeah, you just don't see yourself in that category. And then once in a while, I'll have a young mom say, well, I've always been looking for like an older mom to, you know, to mentor me. And I'm thinking, yeah, me too. Let's go find one. Where, where is she? <laughs> oh my God. It totally reminds me of um yesterday when, you know, sweet little Jessica was here and, you know, she's early thirties with two kids and, we um we connected at church, but then we did cabbie together. We have a passion for fashion and love so many of the same things that I think of her as my my little sister. And then it'll occur to me when we're in conversation about her kids and marriage and chatting that I'm older than her. <laughs> and she's looking at me for advice and I'm thinking, I don't have any good advice because I'm not old enough yet to have good advice. Yeah. <laughs> now and yet you know, we're having this conversation and I feel like I'm her peer, but she'll say something so sweet. Like, no, I want to be more like you. And I'm like, you do like, really? I've actually had an impact on you. (laughs) You know, it's so it's, it's bittersweet. You know, you're kind of like, how, how do I have my foot in each one? Like, how can I be young and older at the same time? (laughs) You know, and I, and I blame my mom. I'm like, how come you didn't tell me you felt young when you seemed like you were so old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that I, so true? I look at a picture of my great grandmother at 60 and oh my goodness, she looks like she's 150. And here I am creeping up on 60 and I think, well, surely everybody thinks I'm in my twenties or thirties. Cause look how great I am. And nobody is thinking that. That's yeah. what's so sad. Are people going to look at my picture right now and go, wow, she looks like she's about 120. <laughs> so it is devastating all of a sudden. But I agree, Christette. I don't think my mom ever told me that till I became older. And I said, oh, my gosh, mom, I feel so old. And she's like, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens, that you still feel it, and you go to your high school reunion like we were just talking about, and you look around, and you're like, "Who? wait, am I in the wrong room? Because these people are obviously way older than I am, way older, so... I I definitely felt that when I went to my reunion. I was like, I am in the wrong place. I absolutely, I mean, it, it, it's fun. And I do remember my mom, um, she shared, my mom must be so much more amazing than your mom's. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I was warned. I was warned. <laughs> but she said, you look down on at your hands and you see the wrinkles and the H spots and you literally go, whose hand is that? I remember her saying that when I was younger, but it doesn't really resonate, right? Because you yeah. just go, oh, yeah, that's my mom. You're old. You have H spots and wrinkles. Uh, but, yeah, now I look down and I always think that of uh, whose hand is that? 
<laughs> well, it's really hard when waiters or waitresses um, see you in a different light. Uh, we were out to dinner this weekend, and now they have the little disc on the table. There's no menu. They have the little card, and you're supposed Smart to put code. your phone up to the card. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like this, um, like a UPC Q-R symbol. QR code. Yes. Thank you, Sherry. (laughs) You are so much younger than we are. Yes. So um, anyway, she's like, well, this is where you get the men. Let me just bring you menus. (laughs) I swear. She just didn't even finish her sentence. She took one look at us and said, you know what? This is not going to work out for you two. Let me just get a menu. And I thought, I I couldn't figure this out. I couldn't. I had no idea what to do with it. So we are old. Yeah. But you know what? On that note, Debbie, it, that I, I have seen people do that where they, they won't figure it out and they just, you know, I, I, I remember my dad is like, I don't want to get a computer. I don't want one of those things and have to learn how to, and it, had he not like that, the computer provided years of, um, you know, he was able to get into Facebook and see his grandkids yeah. and yeah. he was able to play, um, solitaire, you know, it's yeah. like, I want to be able to stay relevant. I look at companies like, um, you know, Sears and IBM and Wards and Kodak Xerox, you know, they, they, if you're not growing, which we're wired to grow, right? I mean, God created us to continuously be growing. And so when we say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to learn that. I don't want to figure that out. That's when we be, become less relevant to the next generation. So how can we mentor them? They're looking at you and there's already that ageism where they look at you and go, all right, time to put you out to pasture. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I want to be, you know, vivacious and ready to take on whatever challenge there is and be able to, to close those gaps and close those voids and be there and embrace it. But it's taken me a while to go, yes, this is the unique for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. Now people are coming to us. Mm-hmm. So are we ready for that? Or are we going to sit there and go, I'm so old and I need to sit in my rocking chair and no, that, that their social media has been such a pain in my behind You know, <laughs> I find myself doing that. I complain about social media. this like new progression mm-hmm. and we have to look at what's the positive part. How do we, see him in all of it. How do we experience God through some of this rather than whining and complaining about it? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I don't you remember, I remember being younger and looking at like my school teachers or people in church and thinking they were so old and really like they're my age. I mean, they're not old, but at that, from that perspective, they seem so old. And so sometimes I would look at them. There's some you would look at and like, they seem like they're a hundred, but there would be some that would seem relevant and young, yeah. still youthful. And I think, what is it about them? Well, I would see a common denominator. They're working with younger people. They mm-hmm. are serving. They are morphing. They are dressing younger. They're taking care of them, their, themselves physically. They're trying to stay current with technology, with current events. They're in the game. They're not checked out. And so that's like, that's a challenge and it, it takes work. Yeah. It, you know, it takes a bunch of work because all the technology, it can hurt my brain. <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah. that can also go two ways because, uh, being, I was in Vegas this weekend and this woman, stunning, gorgeous, walks by 
And I think, oh, she's spectacular. She had on a bikini and then this sparkly little see-through top because she was on her way to the pool. And, and of course, her high heels. And then I got a closer look, and she was like 65. And she looked fabulous from the front from about 800 yards away. And she right up to me, and I go, Oh, bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> but I gave her kudos for trying. trying. On the other hand, I thought, sister, at some point you got to go, oh, I'm probably pushing almost 70 now. I should probably stop it. I should probably just knock it off. Yeah. And see, Debbie, I look at that and I go, you go, girl. If you feel <laughs> awesome in that bikini, then you go for it. Patty, I would ask me. Trust me, from 800 feet away, you would have said, you go, girl. But when she got right up next to you, and her fanny was, like, pretty much at her kneecaps the back from her backside, you go, oh, bless your heart. Maybe yeah. some maybe some leggings would be a better idea for today. <laughs> I know it is tough when you're tucking your your chest into your you know belt buckle. It's like probably time to put on another outfit. But um, you know, going back to that, I think too we need to be ready for when somebody is coming up to us. I know the first time someone came up to me and said, "Hey, would you would you mentor me?" Um, I, I was. I wasn't ready for it. And that's the part that we need to embrace right now is go, okay, God. And, you know, I'm praying all the time, God, put people in my life that I can have an impact on. And then they come up to you and you're like, no, I can't help you. Are you kidding me? And, and also being ready for, um, I, I had a a situation where my, my youth pastor was, was amazing. And he, it was one of those shifting, once again, that epiphany in life that I look back and go, it was because of him that I started to see myself as a leader when someone breathes into you and tells you, you know, how, how they see you. And I later on in life wanted to, I think I've told you guys this story. I wanted to share with him what an impact he, he had on me. And so I emailed or I through Facebook, I found him and his wife and said, Hey, can we go get breakfast? Can we go get coffee? Um, so we ended up meeting at a restaurant and he left, he got up to go use the restaurant restroom. And his wife said, uh, yeah, we, we were like looking at each other this morning going, why are we going out and meeting with Patty Lynn? And I was devastated. Because to me, they were such role models and they mentored me and they were asking themselves, why would we meet with this child? You know, why would we? And now you look back and you go, they were only like five years older than me, right? Yeah. (laughs) But like you said, Sherry, you know, I I saw them as this like huge giant. Mm -hmm. um, And then here they're looking, not even realizing what they did and the impact that they had. So it crushed me. I mean, I, I obviously I'm still talking about it right now, right? The little <laughs> therapy session here. That in the cheerleading. That and Sherry's cheerleading. Okay, Sherry. Uh, well, we have a tip for the weekend. Um, just letting you know that bum, 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 Sunday is NFL. It begins again. So uh, girls, Sunday equals sports. It's like the full moon or the changing of the tides. Just let it be. Embrace <laughs> it. Make sure you have snacks. Just uh, be there and be present because the next, I don't know, 12 Sundays, it is football. Just go ahead and embrace it. 
Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of football. <laughs> that is a lot of football. Put your T-shirt on, get the Cheetos, get the nachos, and yeah. just be there and be happy. Because the reality is that is the best time to start out in a sitting position on the couch with your husband, and then you move into a little bit more of a relaxed position and then before you know it you're getting the best nap of your entire life and your husband just thinks oh she's so precious she's just here with me yeah or another way to look at it he's totally occupied for four solid hours every sunday afternoon now you can do whatever you darn well please go to pinterest go to the mall go disappear he doesn't even know you've left the house or nor does he care As long as you have provided your snacks ahead of time. And Sherry, you're so good with snacks. Oh, well, yes, I am. I'm kind of a snack person. (laughs) Cookies, Cheetos, and presentation is everything. I learned that from you, Debbie. Well, your your charcuterie, your candy charcuterie was the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Pretty much. Yeah. We have two minutes, Debbie. I think you need to tell that story. Uh, About Sherry's Galentine party? Yeah. Well, the, the whole snack thing. Oh, the snack thing was, uh, yeah. I think we told that the other day though, but, but it was a cabbie party that we were with Christette and, um, you know, I have an event business. So it's really important to me that everything looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went to Sherry's party and there was like some deviled eggs and uh, maybe one pretzel yeah, and yeah. I don't know, some Kool-Aid or something. And so anyway, She's yeah. And then Debbie's like, wow, um, apparently uh, throwing a party is very easy for you. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort, does it? I mean, I could do this in my sleep. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I need to bring up my game. And so um, I, I've learned. And you have. Yeah. Your charcuterie. I'm not kidding. I have pictures all over of your charcuterie board. It was amazing. I, yeah. My friend, my friend Gwendy did that. I really didn't do that. But um, but I, but I, she's my friend. <laughs> You you can take ownership. Whenever a friend does something, there was, there was something we said the other day, and Debbie was giving you credit for it, Sherry. And I was like, wait, I did that, and I realized no, that's that's all the same. It's it's all we're all one. You that that's the biggest biggest tip in leadership is to never take other people's like credit. And then when it happens, you're like, no, I'm I interesting, Patty. That thought. Interesting, Patty, because next half hour, I'll tell a story about you taking credit for something. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. tuned. We'll be back right after these commercial breaks. And now I have that really weird feeling in my stomach of what's coming up next. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. I'm going to, I'm going to tell on you, Patty. So I was listening to, uh, 
let's see, Heather Dixon. So it was last week's show, I believe. And at one point, um, Heather answers a question and you say, Oh, that was such a great answer. And I'm so glad I asked the question. And I thought, ha, pretty sure I asked that question. (laughs) So yes, your leadership skills are amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Just whatever, whatever is the gold, I'm going to go ahead and just grab it now and own it. Right. Take it as mine. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Debbie. And that is why we need to refine ourselves and reinvent ourselves with our girlfriends, because as we're transitioning, we're now calling it midlife moxie. You can't get your moxie unless you have those those girlfriends in your life that that call you out. And and thank you, Debbie. Yeah. Don't don't take what's mine. Yeah. (laughs) But you also need a girlfriend, which I have been told I am the girlfriend. If you're going bathing suit shopping, you bring me along because if you want the truth, I'm going to give it to you. We're not going to, we're probably not going to be friends afterwards, but I am going to tell you the truth because I want somebody to say to me, you're kidding me, right? You like, are you out of your mind? That's yeah. what I need when I go bathing suit shopping. So we need girlfriends for many things. Yeah. Chris, that's also good in that area. I was literally out with her shopping one day, uh, and she's like, seriously, you're wearing that jacket? Take that jacket off, and we need to find something else right now. I can't believe you're wearing that. And so I, I, I'm like, wow, really? It's that bad? She's like, yes, it is. It's totally bad. Oh. <laughs> and so I did. That, but, but you need people like that. You so do. She, you need them, my that. friend. And, and Christette, um, one of my jackets that I was wearing, you, oh, yeah. you literally said, um, if you're going to do something like vintagey, that's probably <laughs> going, Patty, get out of the eighties. Um, we're in 20 yeah. now, it, but you do like, you need someone to come along and go, nope, nope, nope. But I love that with everything in life, right? I want someone to be so open and so real and so raw that they're breathing into me and they're giving me specific feedback. Um, It might hurt at times, but it's the best thing, right? You know, they they say, oh yeah, feedback, it's the biggest gift. You're like, well, you haven't heard some of the feedback I've had. (laughs) It was no gift. (laughs) Yeah. It was no bueno, but also you need girlfriends that don't judge. And this is, I'm so big on this right now. And you need a girlfriend. Yes. You need girlfriends that are going to call you out and say, okay, look what's going on in your life right now. Is this really where God would have you? Is this really what you're supposed to be doing? And then you go, but you know what? This is, those are my thoughts. I love you. This is between you and the Lord. And, uh, I'm going to embrace everything about you because I love you and the rest is up to you and Jesus. And I think those are the most critical friends you can have. Yeah. And I, I want to echo that, Debbie, because when, when you know who you are and you know God's calling for you and you know what you're, you're doing that might be going down a different path that maybe that's not what God's calling you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we don't need to have you withdraw your love from me or Absolutely. continuously, you know, it's like, yeah, God's, you know, getting into scripture and it's sharper than any two edged sword. But sometimes I, I'm going to, I'm kind of switching gears. There was a time, uh, where in part of being refined, where God had us on a path of um, going into um, 
brothels. We were working with Triple X Church, and we had an opportunity to go into strip clubs, go into brothels, and I and even a porn conferences. Believe it or not, well, I had people. It was it was a crazy time in my life because people judge that. It's like I I remember um, Kendra. She was in the Playboy show with you. Oh, have- I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Oops. There was a time where, you know, we're over here and we have our pictures with, you know, them. And I, I had people say, why would you go get selfies with them? Why would you get pictures taken with, you know, here they are, they're this and that. And it's like, okay, in my world, I am loving Jesus and loving others. And that means treating them with, hey, I'm going to get my picture taken with you because I, do, I would do that with any girlfriend. And this is the relationship that God has put in front of me that whatever seeds are going to be planted. And But I remember always kind of in that place of I, I shouldn't be doing this and I'm doing something wrong. And yet everything in my heart and soul was going, no, go meet them, go talk to them, go start that conversation, have that relationship, you know, go into the brothels, meet these women. And it's like, what do you mean you're, you're going into the brothel and you're fixing up their room? You're, you know, it's like, well, because that's how we're showing love. It's like, why would you make that brothel look any better? Like that's just, so you, I was just in that place continuously of, of inconsistency, you know? Mm-hmm. And yet, that is what it's all about. Now I can look back on it and go, it was amazing. That's exactly where God had you. But going back to what you're saying, Debbie, when you're feeling judged continuously, you really have to have other people in your world that are going, no, you're spot on. This is where God's calling you to do and look at what's taking place because of this. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so true in so many ways. Cause it made me, um, earlier reminded me of just, how important our girlfriends are and how different we all are. We all bring different things to the plate and that they know me so well. Cause I forget things really easily. Dan reminds me of that because <laughs> he's, you know, cause I forgive him so easily. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, he doesn't. But my, my girlfriends look after me and they remind me of my story. Thank goodness. But which Sherry reminded me and both and Debbie as well, my experience from Amex to cabbie and, you know, just a couple of things to touch base on. You know, I took the cabbie job, or not cabbie, um, Amex, because my family needed some extra income, and we were just in a hard point. I hadn't worked in years. So changing things up and going into corporate America was very scary. I, I felt like I have no experience. What am I, ha- what am I, what can I offer? But I, you know, I went in with a different attitude, and I came out a better person because of it. And my girlfriends supported me. I was afraid they were all going to leave me. You know, they were going to all be at the, you know, um, having lunch without me, and I was FOMO so bad. And um, But God, you know, met me right there, and I learned so, so much. And it launched me into my cabbie career, which I love, which is goes back to, you know, your passion too, which I always have loved. Um, Patty, back when you started Girlfriends Unlimited, it was changing heart, changing lives, one woman at a time. I think that's roughly, but that's what cabbie stands for. And that's why I loved it because I love changing women's lives. I love changing their heart and I want them to have what I have. I love this, that my friends know me. I want their friends to know them like my friends know me. You know what I mean? And um, have my back and are there to support me. 
or there to encourage me, you know, just like, you know, Debbie, you were saying, you know, being judge, judgy, you know, we're not judgy. We love, we love each other just where we're at, but we're real and we're true and we're encouraging. And, and so, you know, as I was venturing out of Amex into really launching my cabby business, you know, I was thinking, am I too old for this? Did I miss my calling? Cause I went to fashion school and I didn't have enough courage to, you know, do something with it. <clears throat> so I decided to take the easy route out and went into human resources and then got married and had kids and always have loved, um, women have always loved fashion. And so when those two came together, I doubted myself and it was good friends, um, that I have here that reminded me that, no, you can do this. You can reinvent yourself. Now you, you're not too old. And I loved it every minute, every second. It's my, it's just my favorite time. And, you know, God's blessed me with a cabbie room and a new home. And I just can't tell you, you're all invited over. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I, it is just such a gift and I would just want everyone to experience it with me. You know, I'm like, come over and sit in this special room that is about listening to women's stories and hearing their lives and pouring into each other. And, you know, I, you know, it's so funny how clothes bring us together like that, but it's not even about the clothes. It's about the women. (laughs) But what's amazing is that at 50 ish, you took a chance, Mm -hmm. took a chance. You stepped out in faith and you are amazing at what you do. And I love, I love everything about your life right now with Cabby. And I do feel that you're changing lives and God honored every bit of it. The walk that you guys had financially that you had to go through. You, you did what you're supposed to do as a wife. You're a team. We're a team and I'm going to take a hit for the team right now. But then Dan did what he was supposed to do as a husband. And at some point when you go, but I really think I can do this. And he had your back and he said, yes, I want you to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's so cool about that story, Krista, is God doesn't waste anything. I, I know I say that all the time, but he doesn't waste any experience, any hurt. And often you know, just like that, that book experiencing God, where, where are you seeing God? It's like, once you start going down those paths, when you say yes to God and you're obedient to God and you start going forward, that's when all of these things start just getting piled on where you're going. Now I get it, God. Now I see it. And Seth Godin talks about like small adjustment, which is, um, like, you know, rather than going out and buying a new bicycle, it's adjusting the seat on your existing bike. It's, it's just, you know, when you change the height on that seat, it it changes everything. And and that's what happens. You start seeing stuff. It's like, Oh my word. It's that point of that maximum leverage. You know, you're, you're, it's a line aligning. Is that the right word? Lined up aligning, uh, all the forces that are bringing you into that process. And that is what's so exciting. If we, yesterday, which, by the way, I want to invite everyone to go to Facebook. We moved it from, it's still Girlfriend It, but it's Girlfriend It Midlife Moxie. And I shared a little um, tip there on try to step outside of yourself and see yourself outside of yourself. Mm. In other words, like, how do I do that? How do I step outside of myself and see myself? 
and hear my and hear myself. Can you hear yeah. me now? Oh, we hear you. We hear you. Trust me. We hear you. <laughs> exactly. So, Sherry, how do we do that? Right? It's like you know, you're you're like turning and you're looking into the mirror, and and sometimes it might be asking someone. What's one thing that I can refine or I can, you know, adjust the seat or I can change or I need to work on and asking them for that, that feedback. And then the, the second step is finding that habit associated with the things that you do want to change because it takes 21 days mm-hmm. to actually Thank change you. and tweak a habit. So you have to practice it every day, tweaking and refining that one thing, no matter what doing it over and over and over again. Uh, so with that, how can we challenge? What would be something that, that we've even done that we realized, oh, wow, we're going to shift. We're going to step back and look at ourselves and go, this is who we are. Anything? Well, there's a, uh, there's a book out there. Now, um, I haven't been brave enough to buy it yet, but the title is very intriguing. It says, what is it like to be married to me? Ooh, oh, gosh. <laughs> so um, I recommend that to all of you. Um, you guys should get that. <laughs> and let, let me know how that goes. And then, yeah. and then maybe I'll buy it too. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that's, guy, that's a hard one, Patty. You know, I hate it you ask that question because that just takes a lot of humility. Because once in a while when I've been really in a good place, I've asked my boys, you know, how could I be a better mom? You know, what could I do to, you know, if, if you were to give me some advice and tips, how could I be a better mom? Um and that's hard to hear because I'm like, God, really? What I they said, I want to know what they said. Um, uh, so many times you're like, um, you ask too many questions. <laughs> um, you, you shouldn't have so many rules. Oh. Um, uh, you should, uh, trust us more. Uh, you know, it's things. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. God, okay, yeah, you're right. So, so it was um, never you need to tone down your personality when my friends are over. <laughs> <laughs> they I got that. <laughs> I got that one time. I was I was in the car with Garrett and all of his football buddies, and as we, you know, were letting him out individually, and finally it was just he and I, and he said, Mom, do you think that maybe you could just tone it down a bit? I died i'm thinking i am like the coolest mom ever like they come in and we have a blast like they laugh with me i i say amazing jokes i'm so cool in in your mind in your mind that's cool i think the same thing in fact the other night davis was going to a birthday party and of course you know i'm kind of lonely these days you know with this whole (laughs) scamdemic going on and so um i said well where are you going I'm going to Ben's house for his birthday. I go, I want to go. And um, so I called the mom. I said, Haley, can I come over too? And can I just come be the birthday party? I'll bring a gift and everything. And so I did. And it, it felt so good. <laughs> it felt so good. Yeah. I tried to social distance myself from the children so they didn't think I was totally rooting their party. But, you know, I I want to be the cool mom that brings Kool-Aid and has fun. I don't want them to say, like, I'm too much. You know, <laughs> my, my kids all got together the other night. They had dinner together, and and so it's Garrett and his wife, and Kaylee and her husband, and Paris and her friend, and 
and I about died. I, we were up, you know, in Payson and they were telling me they played games and cards. And I was like, wait, what? Like, why did I not know about this? And, and my youngest, you know, my, my lovely teenager that I can't breathe around her said, Oh, it was so much more fun without you. <laughs> Cause we actually got, we actually got to talk. Those high schoolers. Oh. 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 So after I took the knife out of my heart, I realized it is good for them to have that time. I We didn't always want my mom and dad there. It's just oh, it's yeah. painful to hear. You know what is such a joy, though, talking about reinventing. Um, through this uh, whole, you know, COVID, everything's going on, um, my daughter has gotten just really uh bold about her faith in Christ. Mm. And we were talking about it last night. And she said, you know, I, I, I want to talk to all my friends. They know where I stand, but they also kind of think I'm a freak because I'm, I'm so bold about it now. But she said, I'm afraid that they've looked at my life in the past Mm -hmm. and they're wondering like, well, what? And don't we all think that I think that all the time, I think, Lord, what gives me the right to, um, you know, to, to exude your name to anybody else when I'm not always exuding your name. Mm. And so it was just such a treat for me to hear that from my own daughter yesterday. And I thought, oh my goodness, I might not be where I'm supposed to be, but thank you, Jesus. that in spite of me, you, Somehow got me out of the way and did your work in my children. Don't you see, yeah. don't you guys feel that way sometimes when you just look at your kids and you're like, where did they come from? Like, how did I do that? I didn't. <laughs> Jesus did yeah. that. No. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. good blessing this week for me. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest, uh, will do that, uh, quite often. He'll, we'll, Buddy and I are off watching TV and he's back down the hall reading his Bible. I'll come down the hall. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just reading, you know, the book of Deuteronomy or I'm studying some verses and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. That's what dad and I are doing down <laughs> between uh, commercial breaks. We're yeah. quizzing each other on the Bible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very humbling and super mm-hmm. encouraging and just, just so grateful. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It doesn't happen with every kid, but sometimes you just get that quick blessing. You get that little window. One of the things Kevin's mom, my, I I loved my, my mother-in-law. She's no longer here, but she, she just loved us and was such a prayer warrior. But every, every Sunday she would say, you know, how was church? She wanted to know you were in church. And, um, even when we would, they had a cabin up in Heber and we would stay up there. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of your vacation. So you wouldn't go to their church and she would come home and bring me the bulletin board. I mean, the bulletin, remember the paper bulletin and she would hand it to me like, like maybe that one little verse on the bulletin was going to feed me (laughs) Jesus, you know? And, uh, it was just, it was so funny because it was, I, I, I allowed it to create a little bit of shame and guilt, you know, in me. And now I'm doing the same thing through COVID with my own kids. It's like, what, what church did you listen to? Did you, did you go, do, do you need a church bulletin? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Yep. yep. 
you don't yeah, need well, to. just it just comes out you're like oh gosh i yeah i don't want the first question to always be so how was church today when well, how's your how how are you in the lord and how can i pray for you i'm like oh gosh i don't want it to always be like this you know heavy time where like you know he i because I, I can hear defensiveness on the other end so it's yeah. delicate it yeah. is it's a, it's it's very delicate. Yeah, because I oh. can remember talking to my daughter about things like, um, you know, Jesus coming again and the rapture, and they were like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, you're a nut job. <laughs> <laughs> and now to be able to have conversations with my daughter about what's happening in the world versus where we are in the Bible also based on yeah. what's happening in the world is th- the greatest gift yeah. ever. Absolutely. Well, we are coming to our last two minutes of our show. We just want to thank you for, it's just such an honor to, to be here, to be able to share our stories. And as we are reinventing Girlfriend It, turning it into Midlife Moxie, uh, leaving those tips with you of once again, step outside of yourself and try to, to see yourself outside of yourself. I think of the story, it's a neuroscience study where uh, they had radiologists looking at MRIs, brain scans, and they put a little picture of a gorilla inside of the brain scan, but they were so focused on what they were looking at that they, I think it was like 89% of these um, surgeons did not see the gorilla that's right there in front of their face. And, and so we're just leaving that with you. Where's, where's that gorilla? Like look for the gorilla Ask somebody to show you the gorilla so you can help refine and reinvent who you are, your purpose, and and where are you experiencing God so you can keep staying relevant rather than just going, no. And and I hear that from people. It's like, I'm I'm done. Let's let's have the next generation serve and the next generation. Them to get the blessing. Yeah. 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 I'm going to, you know, kind of coast now and, you know, who? Where does it ever say in scripture to coast, right? Where does it ever even say to retire, really? Right. Uh, right. And maybe, maybe as a last tip, don't ask your husband to refine you. Maybe <laughs> it's a girlfriend job because we we are all for marriage in this group. <laughs> and that's that's the best tip. Make sure that you're asking the right person exactly. on on where that gorilla is that, yeah. that you're looking for. Just call Thank- up. Yeah. Just call us, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. What an honor, and we will talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It, because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.